Hey there! Thank you for checking out the Battleface podcast. This project was born as a way for me and my buddy Derringer to talk about all the nerdy things that we like, and we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. Check us out on YouTube and Instagram at the Battleface. Now, on to the episode. The Battleface podcast is broadcast live on Fridays and Sundays, and we encourage you to come hang out and chat with Bard and Dare live. Now, prepare to declare attacks. You are entering the Battleface. Here's the embarrassing thing about what you guys just saw is that Dare just said all of that, and I hadn't turned on the mics yet. So, <laughs> hello everyone, you have entered the battle phase. It is I, the Midnight Bard, your favorite bard, and joining me as always is... Derringer? I wanna... I won't... Can we just not do it today? <laughs> Uh, you just like went off. I was like, "Oh wait, dare I gotta turn on the microphones?" Oh, okay. He just, he so just. My, it was my chance. It was my chance to to do the intro for once, and I, I thought I did a good job. Then and then there, there is always like a small window where the mics aren't on, and I have to click them on whenever we transition. And uh, it, this. I guess that's just not something that translates. You're not not usually aware of this being a thing that's happening, uh, but it is a well, thing you, that happens. You did a countdown. Uh, well, yes, you, the, you the did countdown. It's just like it, uh, when I, he says zero, I'm gonna go, and it's gonna be cool, and everyone's gonna love it. Uh, yeah. Well, the 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 countdown is for something else entirely. The countdown is is for when we show up on screen. Uh, and then afterwards, there's like a one to two second delay where uh, where I turn on the microphones. So uh, before we get started, I just want to say again, please remember to like, subscribe and share. If you find anything in today's stream uh, fun uh, or what's uh, or noteworthy, uh, then, yeah, by all means, uh, to share it with a friend, you know, remind them that, uh, you know, we here at the battle phase are very welcoming of new people. And if not, then, you know, we, we will change. We swear. We swear. Uh, but uh, what are you up to this week, Dare? Other than being, like, depressed that I just did the whole intro and you didn't even have me unmuted. Uh, uh, been, been playing RuneScape. Blame they RuneScape. released Necromancy. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's the newest combat skill that was way overhyped for what it is. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I remember you mentioning necromancy, and you said uh, off stream that you were you wanted to be part of the race to to maxing necromancy, uh, but there were people who achieved it uh, within how long? Did you say? It, it was within like the first day and a half of it being released that people were able to get to ninety nine, mm. and then I think not yesterday, but maybe the day before. The first person to get to 120 uh, was, wow. was announced. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, so, like, what, within a day and some change, something like that? Yeah, a day and some change. That's that's incredible. I, I don't know what to tell you about that. That That is just a lot of dedication. 
that's like but i mean the skill for what it is is kind of i mean it it's okay it's not great mm. you 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 shoot people with little blue stuff and then you summon a skeleton and it kills them mm. Uh, that kind of reminds me that there's this uh, series that uh, I think Nim Nim is doing on his channel, which I think is just fun. And basically it, what it is, it's a race to master rank on Master Duel. And it's him, it's Joshua Schmidt, it's Pac, and it's uh, someone else whom I can't remember. Uh, but the whole idea is all of them are starting on brand new Master Duel accounts, right? And the, the agreement is we don't pay for gems. Uh, so from from zero they're racing they they have timers on and they're racing to see who can make it to master rank on master duel first and it's it's super fun to see uh because everybody went a different route you know like i think like joshua schmidt was like hey there's a salaman great structure deck salaman great's a great deck let me just let me just get three of those and we can kind of do that uh, i think pack pack is known for playing sword soul and I think his whole thing was like, well, if I build Sword Soul, that's a good deck. We can go from there. Somebody went uh, the the tier element route where they were like, yeah, we could do tier element. And, uh, you know, like that's just a good deck and it's a meta deck. And then like I think Nim Nim was like, Numeron just cheeses games, boy. So, you know, like it's kind of a fun thing. It's fun to see how everybody went a completely different route to try to get to master first. And uh, yeah, so no, that was fun. Uh, but as well, that's one of the main reasons why I played Cubics whenever I was playing Master Duel is because it's just a really gimmicky, cheesy win to mm-hmm. summon out three Crimson Novas and then punch your opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's great. Uh, as for me, uh, watching this week, uh, and this is this is an anime that my wife made me watch, dude. And like honestly, while while sitting through it, I'm like, wait, what is happening? It is called. Life with an ordinary guy who reincarnated into a total fantasy knockout. And basically what this is, it's two bros. They've been friends all their life since since grade school. They've been best friends. One of them is super attractive and athletic, and the other one's kind of a normie. Uh, and then after a work party, or it wasn't a work party, but it was kind of like a like a meet and greet, you know, because like the the one who's a normie has a hard time meeting women because whenever he meets a woman, she event she inevitably becomes attracted to his to his good looking friend, right? Uh, so but he wants a girlfriend, so he's he's doing everything he can in this like dating scene, try, trying to like, and you know, he brings his friend along because his friend kind of like uh, it helps him feel confident. But afterwards, it's like, hey, everything failed. So drunk and just, you know, like annoyed with his life, he says, you know what? I just wanted to be like one of those animes where I die and I'm reincarnated. And then a goddess shows up and grants the wish, right? Uh, and transports both of them to a new world, except the the good looking guy remains largely untouched. But the normie is reincarnated as a as a cute girl. <laughs> and it, it's it's. It has something to do with the fact that he phrased his wish weirdly. So, you know, like he at the time he was just like, you know, like I just love women. Women are so cute. They're so good looking. And, you know, like I I just wish that I had that in my life, you know. So he, because he phrased his wish weirdly, he got reincarnated as as a cute girl. Um, and, and, you know, that's what happened when you 
that that would be you yeah so like and he here's where it gets weirder right so like the two friends who you know like are have been bros their whole life now have this weird kind of tension between them because apparently the girl that uh, that normie guy reincarnated into uh is exactly good looking guy's type and now that normie guy is a girl he can't help but notice just how charming and handsome his friend is. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's basically uh, synopsis of us. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's one of those weird things where it's like you know, like the goddess, because they basically whenever the goddess was like, okay, well, I've summoned you to this world to to, to fulfill a mission, and. and it, they were just kind of mouthing off to her, like, "What the hell kind of crap is this?" You know, like, "Why would you do this? This is dumb." Like, th- this, this is a tired trope. So she's like, "Okay, you know what? I curse you both. Either finish by the time in in a good time, or suffer my curse." And they think that the curse is if you don't finish this quickly enough, we're gonna fall in love with each other. <laughs> so it's almost like a race to like to to beat the demon lord or whatever. Because if they don't, it's like, dude, I'm a man in a woman's body and I'm finding you super attractive. This sucks. <laughs> and the other guys are like, yeah, well, you know what? I happen to think you're really cute right now. And it's really weird for me because I know it's you in there. <laughs> so let's finish this quickly. That way the goddess doesn't curse us with falling in love with each other. It, it's it's super weird. It's super hilarious. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, like I, I wasn't expecting much out of it, but like, it, it's it's got some solid humor, man. It really does. Uh, so that that that's a thing. Um, that one small note is that the guy who got reincarnated as a as the cute girl has uh no powers, with the exception of one, and that power is that he is so cute that if it, any man that he comes across, she comes across is automatically smitten with him, her. Uh, And uh, all of the useful powers uh, are with the good-looking guy who is basically invulnerable and super strong. So, like, they got that going for them, which is is nice, I guess. Um, But uh, next up, uh, just kind of like an update on where I am on One Piece because I've been binging One Piece in an attempt to catch up. Uh, we have, since the last time that we uh, covered it, uh, concluded Skypea, uh and Long Ring, Long Island. We have concluded the Water 7 saga, which was good. Uh, immediately after Water 7, we went into Thriller Bark, which was mid. And then immediately after Thriller Bark, we went into the Summit War saga, which was amazing. Oh, my God. Like, I cannot stress enough how much I understand the hype behind One Piece now. It's like, holy mother of mercy. The 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 entire Summit War Saga was over a hundred episodes of constantly being at the edge of your seat. Like one hundred percent of the time. And and I was just like, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, you know, how how in the world like does it does it keep raising the stakes in a believable manner such that it's not like it doesn't burn you out, firstly? And secondly, it's it's consistently good. And there's very little filler. There's people who say there's no filler in One Piece. There absolutely is. Stop lying. But, like, it, it the thing is, it's very little. There's not a lot. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, recently finished Summit War. 
Uh, we lost some good ones, you know, like uh, spoilers for people who haven't seen One Piece uh, since 2009. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, Luffy's brother Ace is killed uh, and Whitebeard is is also killed. Uh, but he dies on his feet like a motherfucking G. It's fucking great. Um, and then other than that, uh, now we are on Fishman Island, uh, which means that we have crossed the time skip line, which means that everybody is now a bigger badass than they were previously. Uh, but yeah, that that's the update on One Piece. Uh, let's see. Cat Lionheart in the chat says, The One Piece is real, which were Whitebeard's last words. And, uh, you know, the Navy thinking that, yeah, taking down Whitebeard. Yeah. Imagine this, you know, like we're 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 going to have complete control over the world. Pirates are going to know that the Navy is the number one superpower. All it did was create a power vacuum. So now there's more pirates out there doing doing evil. And I'm just like, yeah, dude, like, ah, I did not. I couldn't wrap my head around like why something that ran for this long could bring so much hype. But like as I'm working my way through it, I can absolutely 100 percent see it. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. So starting with things that we can all discuss here, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Worlds concluded this past weekend there. Did you catch any of the games? I did not. I should have, but, uh, we were going to watch it at locals while it was going on, but Mm. they didn't put it on the TV, so we didn't watch it at locals. I gotcha. I gotcha. But, uh, I do have kind of like a little bit of a recap as to what went on. So, Yu-Gi-Oh! World's winners, the TCG, uh, Polly Aronson from the U.S., won the TCG tournament by using Bestial Dragon Link. Uh, the runner-up was a, a duelist from Peru named Juan Mateo Augusto Renteria Pastor. <laughs> that is his whole name. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the biggest meme that came from this is that in the 20-some-odd years that Yu-Gi-Oh! has, has been going on... Uh, all of the winners have usually from the world's uh, TCG tournament has usually been like from from Japan or in the general OCG area of the world, right? Uh, this is the first time that we've had a, a world's champion uh, champion from the U.S. and he's running Bestial Dragon Link. Dragon Link being a deck consisting of dragons that are shaped like guns and bullets. So the joke going around is that, of course, the American champion would be running Second Amendment Turbo. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> it is fucking amazing, dude. It's like, don't tread on me. <laughs> this is this is amazing. So, uh, yes, congratulations to pa- Paulie Aronson, who I hear is just like the most down-to-earth guy ever. Uh, I didn't see his interview, but apparently it, it was uh, it was kind of like really heartwarming, just like how how chill of a dude he is. So that's exciting. I don't know if you guys hear all the scratching going on, but my dog's going crazy over here. Uh, but uh, as we know, the TCG wasn't the only thing uh, that uh, that was featured in the Worlds because there's more than one way to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, so we also have uh, Duel Links, uh, which, if you guys don't know, is, is basically the Konami version of a Yu-Gi-Oh! Speed Duel format simulator. Um, and we have, this one is weird because instead of playing, playing best of three, which is what we do in the trading card game, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links plays the best of five. So you... I could see that. That makes sense. Because, I mean, Duel Links games are really 
short. Yeah, Duel Links games are really short because you have uh, you have half the life points that you normally would, and uh, half the deck size too. You know, like uh, you can build and a you're deck also down three zones, right? And- and you're down three zones. zones. Yeah. And so you, you have like three monster zones, three spell and trap zones, and uh, one link zone for each player. Uh, so that that's what we got going on with uh, Duel Links Takagi. This was apparently a blowout because first place winner Takagi got three right out of the gate. He, he did not let uh, the runner-up Yuko even score a point against them. So it was complete complete shutout. And he was running uh, Destiny Heroes and Synchron. Uh, you are allowed to swap between decks in between games of Duel Links. Uh, so that's what Takagi was running, and it was uh, absolutely... I mean, how, how do you side deck with a 20-card deck? Oh, who, who even knows? I, I wouldn't even know how to tell you. So With a side deck being 15, you might as well just let him have a, def- a second deck to yeah. change into. Yeah, might as well, right? Uh, and then, of course, there was Master Duel, and Master Duel was a team format. Uh, and the team format is kind of interesting because all of the players share a ban list, uh, from my understanding. So, like, if one of your players is running three copies of Ash Blossom, then n- the other two players are not allowed to run any copies of Ash Blossom, which makes it kind of difficult to deck build, but also kind of, like, really interesting to deck build because uh, no one can run the same deck, basically. Because how am I going to run, uh, like, say, for example, how am I going to run Labyrinth? If my other, if my teammate is running Labyrinth, what we're gonna need like three copies of Welcome Labyrinth, and if I'm running three copies of Welcome Labyrinth, then my teammate can't run three copies of Welcome Labyrinth, right? Uh, so basically, everybody is encouraged to play a different deck, um, and that's exactly what we saw here. Uh, first place winners were from the from Europe, and it was uh, let's see. Joshua Schmidt with Dragon Link Naturia. So he had two decks, uh, one of them being Dragon Link and Naturia. Uh, Quantal Think was playing Tier Elements and Sky Striker. And Omri was playing Exosister and Labyrinth. Uh, Runner up team was called Team 7 from North America. I kind of wonder if the Team 7 was kind of a, a, a reference to Naruto, where the Naruto Team 7 is, you know, Naruto, Sakura, and Sasuke. Maybe. Yeah. That's interesting, though, that it's uh, a shared ban list. I, I wonder if we could do, like, a TCG format with that, where it's, like, team duels. Because, uh, like, tag duels have been a thing, but I don't. you don't really hear about them often. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe, maybe alternate format idea. It, my locals has done it in the past. Uh, my locals has had like uh, you know the the three person team uh, format in the past, and uh, it, it's fine. You know, like it's okay. It, it's just you know like yeah, if you don't have two friends to be in a team with you, it gets kind of awkward because you know you kind of basically have to hang around and wait for somebody who doesn't have a team, so that they can add them to your team, and then you kind of have to like very quickly before. B- before uh, the the local starts, kind of like go over like, well, what are you playing? What can you play? Would you mind if we swap these cards out? <laughs> so it 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 gets a little weird. Um, but uh, it the couple of times that we played, and Helix in the chat was with me one time whenever we played, and uh, he he was borrowing my my uh, what's it called my Drytron deck when we went. He was he was using Drytron, I was using Tri Brigade, and we didn't have a third guy. 
and, and then a guy showed up and he was looking for a team and it was lucky for us that he was playing cyber dragons so you know like it, it ended up being the case that you know he didn't have like any cards that matched any of our decks uh, now, because Helix was borrowing one of my decks, I, I kind of didn't look over it to make sure that it was, like, banless legal. Uh, so at one point, we did kind of run into a problem because it was uh, back then when uh, Pot of Prosperity was limited to one. And there was two Pots of pro Prosperity in the deck. Uh, so, you know, like... The, you mean Desires? Is Desires the one that banishes from the top? Yeah. Yeah, in that prosperity case... Prosperity is the one that banishes six to draw two. Okay, yes, in that case, it was Pot of Desires. So, he, you know, there there was two Pots of Desires in the deck, and, uh, like, his opponent did call him out on it, and whenever he did, uh, I kind of had to pause my duel with the guy in front of him, in front of me to be like, ah, dude, I didn't even know that that was still... I, I didn't double-check it because I haven't played this deck in so long, so, like, I just... I had no idea. Um, uh, let's see, Helix says that he remembers that was wild. Uh, we did... Pretty well. I mean, if I recall correctly, you know, like we only got like two, two, three different rounds because it, it was kind of like a kind of like a big, big mess to kind of like coordinate the whole thing. But I think we played three different rounds. Uh, the first one where we got stomped. The second one, I took a victory. And then like, I think like the Cyber Dragon guy also took a victory. And then the, the one after that, I think Helix took a victory. And then that was that. So, you know, it, it was uh, it was kind of wild. Um, we all won twice at least. So yeah, so there, that exactly what I was saying. Yeah, so e each one of us at least took one victory. Uh, so that that was fun. But uh, yeah, so that that's basically the breakdown of uh, how everybody performed at the event. Uh, Dragon Link is surprising to me that in the TCG, Dragon Link is still a deck that's still very powerful. You know, like it's uh, it's kind of fun to see that uh, that it's. Konami has tried to kill it so many times, so many times on so many ban lists, and it's still around. You know, and that's an understatement. Like Konami, like they've done so much to try to fix Dragonlink, mm -hmm. and it just keeps coming. It's basically Eldritch at this point. It, it just it's a deck that can't be dealt with because yeah, like a new card of some sort comes out and they're just like, okay, well let's try this. And then it's something that's super stupid and broken. Yeah. And so it's just, that's kind of what, what it breaks down to. And, you know, a super strong deck and I, I like it, you know, I own it, but it, it does require a very dedicated, very not knowledgeable pilot uh, to be able to like play through a lot of the stuff that's out there. So, you know, congratulations, you know, like to Paulie Aronson, way, way to go. Um, same thing with Takagi. I'm not familiar with Duel Links format anymore. I stopped playing Duel Links a, a while ago. Uh, but back then, it was pretty much, like, it, it, the first person to establish a blowout board wins. Decks are really, really, really fast and really, really, really interactive. And I, I don't imagine that the addition of Pendulums and Links have, has done anything to alleviate that. So, ki kind of a fun thing, you know? Um... And lastly, you know, like we see some big, big names uh, here in the Master Duel uh, tournament. So, you know, Joshua Schmidt is a several event winner. And same thing with Jesse Cotton on Team 7. You know, so like these were two teams led by really, really, really good players, right? Uh, so, you know, kind of, a, kind of fun to see how that went, wound up. 
And there was two different announcements that were made at Worlds that are things that, you know, like we we kind of... One of them we already knew was coming, and it's the fact that Rush Duel is coming to, uh, to Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Uh, I think data miners kind of found the uh, the code in the game, and so they knew that this was something that was being added on there. And Rush Duel being a format that we still don't have here in the States. It's practically non-existent here. Like, we know of it, but we've never... It's never been released here except for, like, one game on the Switch, right? Uh well, the- the the OCG got rush duels. We got we got speed duels. Did the OCG not get speed There's, duels? No, the, really. The OCG didn't get speed duels. That they got they got rush duels. They got like the cool new format. Mm-hmm. And we got we got speed duels. Yeah. So I mean, like yeah, according to uh, the announcement, you'll be able to access the the Yu Gi Oh sevens, the rush duel format version of Duel Links starting on September 28th, uh, which it's my understanding that it won't be, like, an additional world in Duel Links. Like, you know, how every time that you add new, like, anime worlds in Duel Links, it's just, like, an additional gate, and you can carry over your cards from one place to the other. It's my understanding that it'll be kind of like, at at the starting screen, you decide, do you want to play Speed Duel, or do you want to play Rush Duel? And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what it is. Um, the second announcement is that, uh, there will be another 25th anniversary event next year, and it's going to be taking place at the Tokyo Dome, which is, uh, you know, like a huge sporting arena in Japan. It'll be held on February 23rd through the 24th, uh, of 2024 at the Tokyo Dome, uh, which is huge news. I mean, because like th- this would basically be like we're, like you and I would say Magic the Gathering is being held at like, I don't know, um, what's a what's a big sporting arena here in the States? I don't even know. Uh, like the Madison Square Garden. OK, sure. Fine. Uh, so it, it's got it's one of those things is, you know, like, hey, th- this is the hugest sporting arena in your area. And we're holding a trading card game competition in it. It is incredible. Right. Uh, I think a lot of people would be very upset to hear like <laughs> a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament at Madison Square Gardens. Yeah, yeah. And, and now here's the fun thing is that, uh, and this is something that I gotta bring up, but this is not some. This is not the first time that Yu-Gi-Oh has been at the Tokyo Dome. There was, in fact, an event in 1999 that went down in infamy. Uh, and I'm about to break down some uh, some history for you guys here. The reason that it's uh, gone down in infamy is because. The way you guys are familiar with Exodia, right? Exodia, the Forbidden One, where if you draw all five pieces of Exodia, you you win the game automatically, no questions asked. So it's kind of a huge deal in the anime, you know, like uh, Yugi first beats Kaiba in episode one using Exodia. Uh, and it's just kind of like, oh, man, Exodia, the legendary Exodia, haha. Uh, but the, the kind of hilarious thing here is that uh, Konami started releasing Exodia little by little in booster packs in Japan. Like, first in one pack, and, you know, like, with no announcement, no fanfare, nothing, right? So you would get, like, the right leg of Exodia, or you would get, like, the the left arm of Exodia. And, you know, just kind of, like, little by little, just kind of, like, building up, like, this suspense. And then at this event at Tokyo Dome, they announced that they would be releasing the head of Exodia. You know, for the first time ever, 
you you know like you, you get come to the Tokyo Dome for for this Yu-Gi-Oh event. You can get the head of Exodia for the first time ever. You're not gonna be able to get this anywhere else. And there was riots. <laughs> there was riots over like the Exodia cards. Like people wanted the head of Exodia so bad that it, it kind of became like a huge thing. Like I think that at one point the Tokyo Dome was over capacity. There was so many people there, and there wasn't enough people working the trading card booth to uh, to handle all of the people there. You know, like they they they, they just physically could not. Uh, and I think that there was attempts to kind of try to quell the crowd by just kind of uh, by kind of like shutting down the stall right for, for like a minute like hey we're gonna shut down the stall you know like it's gotten kind of crazy we're just gonna shut it down for a little bit but of course you know like people are here waiting for a long time for exodia cards and, and you know like when they hear that the that the stall is gonna be closed down oh man it was it was insanity uh, and uh, eventually the police had to be called to kind of control the crowd <laughs> because it got insane uh so this is <laughs> Since 1999, there has not been a Yu-Gi-Oh event held at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, but we're going back to the Tokyo Dome, baby. Uh, so that that is exciting. Watch, they're gonna make a new like they're they're gonna make like a new Eldritch card that's in pieces, mm-hmm. and the the final piece will be released on the anniversary date. Yeah. And cause riots again. Yeah. So, like, this was insanity. It, it back wouldn't in the be helpful. It should be something. Yeah. It, it would be something new, good. probably. But, like, uh, you know, like, something good. Yeah. Something good. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Eldritch, this is the last little piece of Yu Gi Oh news that we have for today. But uh, there, there is a new collection being released uh, or that has been revealed. I don't know if this is going to be released soon for consumers, but it, it is a high resolution artwork series. And this is cool if you're a collector. Basically, you know, like as we know, Yu-Gi-Oh cards are really, really small. And I think that uh, me and Mordor, who sometimes shows up here, uh, have discussed in the past that the fact that Yu-Gi-Oh cards are so small makes it really hard to see the art sometimes. Uh, And I don't know if like that's like a real issue for like a lot of people or it's just me because I'm getting old and my eyesight ain't what it used to be. Uh, But... uh, what they're doing here is they're releasing these framed artworks with a high-resolution image of the card. And two have been revealed thus far, which have been Eldlich the Golden Lord and uh, Witchcrafter Madame Bear. Uh, so it's, it comes framed. It'll have a high-resolution uh, picture of the card. And uh, it'll also have like a, like a card version of it uh, that will have special uh, purple text. So, uh, kind of a kind of a cool thing if you're a collector, you know. Like I, I actually wouldn't mind getting one of these. Depend, you know, if, considering if they were reasonably priced, I don't know that they will be. But you which know, you like, know they won't. I mean, the Kaiba collection was kind of like three hundred bucks, which was more than I would pay for a briefcase and a bunch of cards, you know. But like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, so chances are it, it's not going to be cheap. Chances are, in fact, that it's going to be a little overly priced. But yeah, it's it, it is what it is. You know, like it it's kind of a cool collector's item. You know, like something to put in your in, in wherever you hang out, wherever you bring visitors. You know, to your place. Uh, you know, but like other than that, there's not really much going on here. Yeah, so it's a framed card and artwork. Uh, you crack the frame open, take the card out, and put it in your deck. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Oh no. Especially if this ends up being like a three hundred plus uh, dollar item. No way. No way in hell. I'm like, no, no, no. This thing needs to be kept pristine. Oh, uh, I, would, I would take it out of the frame like mm -hmm. immediately. No, no. Did you get your high res uh, Gucci Lord bard? No, I have not yet. Uh, it's not available to to collectors yet. But you know, like I said. Depending on how much it is, whenever it becomes available to collectors, I may or may not get one. And also, depending on the cards that come available, because Eldritch, I mean, sure. But, like, you know, Witchcraft or Madame Vare, I wouldn't. But, you know, like, uh, if there's a cool card in there, like, maybe. You know, like, there's a few cards whose artwork I enjoy, and I'm like, yeah, I, w I would get, like, that, for example. Destroyer of Prophecy. Like Destroyer Prophecy would be a good one. Uh, the one that came to mind for me is I love the alter the alternative art for Nightmare Unicorn with Nightmare Corruptor Abley riding on him. Uh, so any of the like alter arts from like the Gold series I could see would be really good. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like uh, Sky Striker Ace Kagari is really IP cool. Mascarina on the motorcycle. Yeah, IP Mascarina on the motorcycle. Yeah, something like that. Uh, you know that one of these is going to have to be a Blue Eyes. Is one of them is going to have to be a Dark Magician. There's no way that it isn't, right? Uh, but but is, it, is there like a Blue Eyes or Dark Magician that actually has like a background to it? Because I, I feel like the reason why they're doing this is because they recently have done alternate arts that have like backgrounds. Because if you look at the Golden Lord alternate art, there's mm -hmm. other things other than just the monster going on. So a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards are just the monster. Let's see. Bro, uh, Kat says that there is a blue eyes with the tablets in the background, which if it were me, I would think that that one would probably be the one. Uh, it'd, be, it'd probably be the one with him on the skyscraper. I was going to say, like, the other one or that comes to mind world. is the Kazuki Takahashi one where he's on top of, like, a, like a skyscraper, right? Um, other than that, uh, like, so th this kind of opens up a, a, a question because Gamma did ask. He says that he would go for Madame Bear and he thinks that I would go for, like, Lady Labyrinth. And true, you know, like, uh, I, you know, I probably would. Um, but the question is, which one would you, would be, like, the one that you absolutely dare? If you saw them make, like, a high-res artwork for it, you would be like, yes, let's do it right now. Uh, Dreamland would be pretty cool. Or any of the, like, Lovecraftians extra deck monsters like the elder entities in them yeah yeah okay. dreamlands the the like spell card that goes with them right it's like a floating island yeah um will they do those no but yeah more than I mean, likely not it, it, cool. it would need to be like something like something more fan favorite i would say uh, i think there's an artwork that's extremely underrated and i think it's really really cool and it's like uh, based on the lore it's it's really really like a, a kind of pressing moment so i would love to see it in like high definition now come to think about it there's two within the same lore the first one is dogmatic calamity uh which is the one where like the the three dogmatica monsters that don't get a whole lot of uh fanfare besides ecclesia so fleur de lis and the guy with the hammer arm and the other dude uh, are, are escaping from the nation of Dogmatica because they found out that the Despians are running the thing. And in this artwork, they're surrounded by by uh, Dogmatica soldiers. Uh, and, and it kind of looks like they, they've been caught as they were trying to flee. So I think that that artwork is really good. Um, the other one would be Sword Soul Emergence. I think Sword Soul Emergence is just dope as hell. You know, like... 
uh, Alba, or what's it called? It, it's the same three characters. So Fleur de Lis and the other two Dogmatica guys have escaped the nation of Dogmatica. They've run away. They're tired, you know, like they're fallen to pieces. You know, they've just been through a huge battle and they finally make it and they uh, to, to the outskirts of the Dogmatica nation and are met by sword soul warriors. And, and I'm like, yeah, both of those artworks are really good. I would love to see a high res uh, um, drawing of those. I think that would be really, really cool. And let's check with the chat. Let's see. Kat says House Dragon Maid. I mean, I could see an argument for House Dragon Maid. Uh, oh yeah, there there is in fact a new artwork for House Dragon Maid where she's in a in a like a lounging, uh, she's lounging on a on a sofa with uh with a Chamber Dragon Maid next to her, and it kind of looks like they're knitting. So you know, kind of a cute idea. You know, could could be something that we see. Uh, so moving on to Pokemon news, uh, the Pokemon Direct hit this past week and we got so much stuff man like there was so much to talk about and here's the thing about pokemon direct is usually whenever they do one they they just like tell you everything that they plan for for a long time to come so like uh and just kind of got to try to run through like the ones that we can run through and then just kind of like touch on the ones that uh, need some touching on but uh for starters uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet being the most recent iterations of the Pokemon video games uh, have some stuff coming up coming up uh, and the first thing is that uh, there's going to be uh, Mew and Mewtwo available to players so you can get your Mew right now if you boot up your Scarlet and Violet version and go to the mystery gift section and type in the code get your Mew but the O in the word your is a zero. So, like, get your Mew, you you get your Mew immediately, it's downloaded to, to your game, it's a free, free event Pokemon, it's nice to have. Uh, and then the second one, uh, Mewtwo, will actually appear in Terra Raids. Uh, Terra Raids being, like, the Pokemon uh, uh, Scarlet and Violet version of what, uh, what regular raids are in Pokemon Go, where, uh, you know you team up with players from around the world in an attempt to try to catch an extremely powerful Pokemon by fighting it as a group. Some people consider this to be a fun thing. Me, personally, no. <laughs> like, it's nice sometimes because there are Pokemon that you can catch in Terra Raids that aren't in your version. And, Dare, you must have played, like, a Pokemon game back in the day, right? Like, one of the most... I played Pokemon Blue. Right. So, like, one of the most frustrating things to me, uh, you know, because I have, I had no friends, uh, was, you know, how do I get the Pokemon that aren't in my version? You know, like, and, and Terra Raids have, by and large, solved that problem. Because you can log on and see what Terra Raids are available. And somebody with a version different from yours could be encountering a Terra Raid for a Pokemon that's not available in your version. And, you know, like, that just kind of, like, solves that problem 100%. I didn't like that you had to buy different games and either trade between people to get the Pokedex filled out or just, like, get a ROM hack or something to get all your Pokemons. Yeah. And that was one you, of the things that always, like, left a bad taste in my mouth. When you really think about it, though, that is an extremely brilliant marketing strategy. Like, how do we sell twice as many games? We don't make all the Pokemon available in one. You know, that that's how. So, like, you, you get Mew for free, and then afterwards you have to battle Mewtwo to get Mewtwo. So, that's kind of fun. Uh, it's my understanding that he will come in a couple of different varieties. One of the varieties 
uh, in, for those of you who don't know, is Pokemon sometimes have markings. Uh, these markings basically just kind of like highlight, usually like, oh, I got this Pokemon from a legendary raid or uh, I got this Pokemon from uh, from an event. And, you know, so like it, it's just like a little note in their status screen that says this Pokemon has this marking implicating that you got it this way. Uh, this uh, Mewtwo will bear a marking that uh, is the mightiest marking and supposedly he will be the rarest Mewtwo to get. Um, so I don't know what, what that means, but you know, like that probably like this Mewtwo will give you a really, really hard time. And continuing from, uh, that, uh, we have more news about the DLC that's upcoming, uh, which, uh, is called the mist, the, the hidden treasures of area zero. It, it'll be divided into two different p- uh, parts, the same way that, uh, the sword and shield DLC was. And the two different parts are called the teal mask and the indigo disc. Um, so basically we've got the release date now, which is September 13th. And, uh, we know that the teal mask releases first and will take place on a new island called Kitakami. And there will be new Pokemon and new regional variants, uh, to cover the first ones. And Hey, I know that this is going to be a hot take for a lot of people. We have a paradox version of two legendary Pokemon. So we have ancient Raikou and futuristic Cobalion. So that's a thing. And then uh, a Pokemon that was released in Sword and Shield that uh, that was popular among fans, it's a dragon who lives in an apple called Applin, is getting a new, uh, a new regional variant called Diplin. Uh, so previous Applin was just a dragon in an apple who evolved into two different uh, varieties. Uh, which was Appleton, which was basically an Apple turnover uh, Pokemon. And the other one was like Flapple, which was a flying dragon wearing Apple armor. And this one's just a candy apple. So, uh, Thanks, I hate it. Yes, I know. Like I'm seeing like uh, everyone in the chat being like, wow, no. Uh, Raikou looks... And I don't know if like... Uh, so it, it's, it's probably the case that we're going to get at least one more Paradox Pokemon. Uh, that's going to be based on Entei because we do have like a paradox version of Suicune. And if you haven't seen that one, it's going to. That was a knee jerk reaction for me, dog. It was just I like. Don't, I don't think I want to see it because why did they turn Raikou into a giraffe? Uh, and, you know, like that's something that I, I was speaking to. I think it was Helix where he asked, he's like, why is it that like, the way that Pokemon makes new Pokemon is just by stretching their necks? Because we, st- we all still remember Alolan Executor, which was just a taller Executor. <laughs> and, well, it, makes, it turns into a palm tree. Yeah, it The does. eggs turn into a palm tree. Right. Just like in real life. <laughs> just like in real life. I mean, it, it, it's it said that uh, execute isn't really eggs; they're they're seeds, which is why they're a grass type. Bullshit. Right, uh, but yeah, you know, like now you get tall Raikou, robot Cobalion, and uh, and candy apple Diplin. But uh, in case you you haven't had enough of like absolute madness, uh, three new legendaries have been released, and oh, wait till you get a a load of their names there. So I'm I'm so ready for this. Three new legendaries in the Kitakami region, and they are called Okidogi, Monkey Dory, and Fessendipity. I swear I'm not making this. 
<laughs> uh, I just I dare disconnects. <laughs> oh man, whenever I heard their names, I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm like, the worst thing about it is that I can't be the one to break the the news of this to anyone because everyone knows my love for puns and everyone's gonna be like, you made those names up. I'm like, I guarantee. They're one hundred percent the 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 real names made by the Pokemon company. I had nothing to do with this. So it's it's Okie Dokie, Hunky Dory, and what's the last one? Fessendipity. Well, what's it supposed to be? A serendipity. Serendipity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are stupid. <laughs> They even, they, well, serendipity kind of looks okay. The other two look stupid. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the way that Monkey Dory looks. Uh, Okie dogie, I feel like I could take it or leave it, but Fessendipity looks nice. Uh, so, yeah, you, you, these are called the loyal three. Oh, it's because it's a, it's a pheasant. Yeah, it's a pheasant. It, all of them, so, like, a pheasant, a dog, and a monkey. Yeah, so dog. It just makes it worse. Okie dogie as an okie dokie. Uh, monkey dory as an hunky dory. And pheasantipity as in serendipity. You, you, you see? Like this. There's layers to the joke, Bard. There's layers. There, there's so many layers to this joke. And it's. it's it, it, I thought the names were, were cute and funny. Uh, I think the designs leave a little to be desired, to, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I don't think that they're terrible to look at. We've had worse-looking legendaries, to be honest. So um, uh, in the lore, apparently, they're called the Loyal Three. They're three Pokemon who protected the Kitakami region from ogres. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's uh, that's what we got going on there. And not a that's, whole lot. that's upsetting. That's upsetting. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> not not a fan of uh, Okie Dogie, Monkey Dory, no, and Pheasant. No, it's so they're upsetting. Like I said, Pheasantipity is the only one that kind of looks cool. Yeah. The other two are. No. Yeah. So I guess moving on, uh, the, the second part, uh, the Indigo Disc. Um, basically, a, a couple of reveals here, which a lot of the reveals were actually just new NPCs. Uh, because apparently this is going to be a, almost like a little mini region. It's going to have its own challenges. It's going to have its own Elite Four. Uh, it's going to be... It's basically like a, a re research facility for Pokemon in the middle of the ocean. It's got different biomes that had been like cultivated by the by the group that runs it. Uh, and uh, yeah, there one of the NPCs, which I thought this was a little cool... Uh, basically serves as a as a Pokemon Snap side quest for for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So if you didn't get Pokemon Snap, uh, this photographer is basically going to give you like uh, different uh, missions where you go out with your with your camera because you ha you've been you've had a camera in in the Pokemon games since you know Sword and Shield. I'm pretty sure you you know you could take selfies and take pictures of what's going on around you, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's basically just like adding a little bit of an extra mini game in there, uh, which I've never played any of the Pokemon Snaps. Some people say they're fun. I don't know. You know, like maybe I I've never played them, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, you take pictures of Pokemon. It it's okay. It's like catching them, but like you know, in a different way. 
but here's some of the more exciting stuff. So, uh, miscellaneous announcements. Uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu Returns. It's the sequel to Detective Pikachu. It's it's on the Switch now. It's kind of fun if you like Detective Pikachu. And it's Pikachu. voiced by Ryan Reynolds. No, it's not. Like The, the video game is not voiced it by is. It, it, it is. Uh, they said that uh, they they basically said, "Hey, Pokemon Horizons coming soon." And I was like, "Yeah, we know." <laughs> you know, like we 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 have known. Uh, and then there's going to be a little mini series called Pokemon Paldean Winds, which centers around like different trainers going to the uh, Blue Bear uh, to the to the Naranja or Uva Academy in uh, Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet. And this is one of the strengths of Pokemon that I've mentioned before, that why doesn't Konami do this for Yu-Gi-Oh? You know, because Pokemon basically just does like little mini-series off to the side about a bunch of different things that doesn't pertain to the to the main series anime. And people just eat this stuff up. Twilight Wings was really good. Like any of the movies that come out featuring different lead characters that weren't Ash Ketchum did really well. Uh, and, you know, like, people, like, follow little manga spinoffs of, like, uh, different characters in the Pokemon universe. I mean, it's it's incredible. Uh, so, like, for this, uh, and Generations, another one, which followed Red, you know. Uh, so, like, Pokemon knows that, like, hey, we can make a little side project about different characters and fans are still going to love it. And I really, really want Yu-Gi-Oh! to do that with some archetypes where they're like, oh, dude, like, we can make a... Uh, an archetype of the world legacy, or we, we can make like a like a short animated series of the world legacy lore, and I would fucking eat that shit up, man. I mean, like, as I, for, firstly, they have like the world legacy gate in Master Duel, and uh, like I read the stories, you know, like I actually watched the movie for for the story, and I'm just like, this is so good. Oh my god, I would watch a series of this, and I'm like, sure, fine, don't make a whole series, fine, I, I get it. But, like, you know, a little miniseries would be dope. You know, like, and, and Pokemon does this and Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't, and it bothers me. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Two, two, different, two different series and a, and a game that's kind of a kind of its own thing. Really cool. Voiced by Ryan Reynolds. And absolutely not, but okay. Uh, and then the more, the more fun thing, and this is kind of like a little miniseries also, because, like I said, Pokemon loves to do that. And I think that you're going to get a kick out of this one, Dare. It's a Pokemon TCG miniseries where it's basically Battle City in the world of Pokemon. So it's characters who are playing the Pokemon trading card game Yu-Gi-Oh style. Uh, I want to see Battle City, but Pokemon. Yes. I want to see the grand finals on top of a blimp. Yes. And they, they blow up the blimp. So from And the... there's five. No, they blew up the island. Um, yeah, they they blow out the spoilers island for people. Spoilers for people who haven't seen a like twenty year old episode of Yu Gi Oh. Right, uh, but I want to see like you know one of the players uh, summon Rayquaza and it wraps around the blimp. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let like Slifer the Sky like, Dragon did. Uh, just like a frame for frame yeah, copy just, of that. Exactly. Uh, but like, so the thing here is, uh, uh, just going off of the trailer, it basically follows this uh, this kid, this girl who uh, moves to a new town and uh, is looking for a way to get into the Pokemon TCG scene, right? Uh, so she joins the Pokemon club at, at her school and, uh, you know, learns to deck build, learns to play the game, 
Uh, and there's friends, there's rivals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a little mini series. They didn't say how many episodes they were there was gonna be, uh, but you know, like all we know is the main character's name is Ava, her and her partner Pokemon, which I guess would be like her dual spirit, is Oddish. I probably would have chosen something else like Entei, but I don't know. That's just me. Well, Entei doesn't look like Karibo. I guess not. I guess Entei does not look like Karibo, but... Uh, what what, what kind of looks like Karibo? Oddish. It doesn't, Telling though. Telling frame, frame by frame copy of Battle City. Uh, it, honestly, what the, the one that looks closest to Karibo is Zigzagoon. No, Oddish. No, Oddish does not look even remotely... Oddish Have looks... you ever seen a hairless Karibo? Is that a thing that exists? Is that an alternate art? <laughs> because uh, I'll tell you right now, like, uh, I think Zigzagoon looks like the most like Karibo. Oddish kind of looks like Glow Up Bloom a little bit. I, I've seen a hairless Karibo once. I, I got to find the artwork of it. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Uh, let's see. It's disturbing. Gargoyle says, oh, come on, Bard. Oddish is useful. Uh, I mean... It, I don't know. Like I haven't played like uh, like competitively in a while, but I know that there's better grass types than vile plume. I mean, blossom. I could make an argument for. I like blossom has kind of like interesting move sets and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think that they've received a new evolution that I can remember. I think blossom. My blossom is awesome. Ah! <laughs> that was just something they said in the anime. That Did stuck they? With me. Oh my gosh! I'm. 90% sure that was something that was said. That's along the lines of you don't mess beyond with Espeon and you don't fuckle with Shuckle. No, you don't fuckle with Shuckle. Right. Yeah. yeah. And my Blossom is That's awesome. just life advice. That's just life advice. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. But uh, yeah, so like this is this is absolutely a thing that's going on. Uh, I, I'm most excited about this than anything because like uh, Pokemon, we usually see it from the from the point of view of like people living in the Pokemon world, right? They go to gyms, battle for badges, you know, they catch Pokemon in the wild, etc. Uh, this is kind of like taking a meta look of it. Like we're in a world that has Pokemon in it, but as a as a franchise, and a character is interacting with a part with a part of that franchise, which would be the trading card game. Um, I'd be interested to see. I'd be interested to see how well this does. <laughs> like it is it is something that that is in my mind or I'm like okay like is Pokemon going to take over the trading card game anime space? <laughs> I mean since it is it is going to be like somewhat targeted towards kids, I I'm aware that they won't have a character like this, but I would love to see a character that just plays with shuckles. And just whenever he plays one, he says, "You don't fuckle with my shuckle." Uh, what I and would then he wins. Uh, what I Gargoyle brings up a good point. It says that uh, Pokemon has in the past. Well, I mean, I think Pokemon's kind of one of the OGs. You know, like where, like as far as trading card games come come and go, it, it was kind of one of those first ones. You know, like the one that was kind of like testing the waters and stuff like that, right? Um, and it just so happened to do really good because, you know, like the Pokemon franchise is one that appeals to a lot of people. And it just kind of like hit at just the right time. 
and it, it's remained relevant for a long, long time. You know, Pokemon is still extremely popular. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's not something uh, that that I I personally would would think um, has taken over the card game anime space, but it. it it stands a decent enough chance because it's a very popular property and it has never not been popular in what it does. So, you know, just wow. Um, will it dethrone Vanguard and Yu-Gi-Oh? Well, those those animes, I, I don't know how they're doing these days. Are they doing well? Uh, how is Yu-Gi-Oh the anime? How is Go Rush? Is anyone watching that? Do people like Go Rush? I don't know. It, it's It's a thing. Yeah. I, I don't know... That's all I can say about it, is it's, it's a thing. It's a thing, yeah. It's, it's Go Rush, it's a thing. Uh, so, so me, uh, this is the one that I'm most excited for, but uh, moving on. Uh, and this is, like, no longer Pokemon news, but it is kind of news that I think is kind of interesting. And this is uh, from, from your home state there. Uh, thieves get away with 300,000 worth of trading cards from Gen Con. Uh, Gen Con being a really popular uh, convention that takes place in Indiana. Uh, and uh, let's see, it's it's my understanding that there's a huge trading card scene uh, there at Gen Con. So what these thieves did, and there's like a little screen cap of the security footage here, is they found a Palajack. And I don't know if this is a Palajack that they found and took with them or it's one that they brought with them <laughs> for the sake of this. And while people were setting up they just grabbed a pallet of trading cards and took off. $300,000. I mean, if anyone were to ask, you would just be like, oh, yeah, we're moving this for for the table. Correct. And they'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah, like, for example, I, that checks out. I, I volunteered at conventions in the past. And the thing about it is, uh, like... I you usually get a tag like like a like a little what's it called uh, ID badge that tell that tells people you're supposed to be there right, but here's the thing I, I lost mine yeah a, a lot of the times you know like nobody's gonna double check you know like you're like hey are you supposed to be here like well I have this pallet jack with me don't I I'm supposed to be moving stuff come on man I I, I you know took lunch and I left it somewhere I don't know you know <laughs> or or like you know play play you know it's like ah oh, dude man. Shoot, man, I must have left it in the car. But anyway, we're setting up. Can I just like, you know, would you would you mind escorting me? And, you know, like I, I can grab this and then just go, uh, you know, like just all kinds of things, you know, like and there's so many times where there's like so many moving parts that you just really have to wait for security to not be watching. Right. So I want to see I want to see the YouTube video of them like breaking open all the the things that they stole <laughs> and just being like, oh, we didn't make a profit, guys. They yeah. only came up with two hundred and thirty thousand dollars worth of cards. Yeah, Cat brings up a really good point, uh, which basically says, like, you know, the power of a uniform, and, and that's true. You know, like it, it's uh, it's been brought up several times that you know, if you look like a pizza delivery guy, nobody's gonna stop you from going somewhere. You know, like if you look like a UPS driver, nobody's gonna stop you from going somewhere. You're just you walk around and you look important, and nobody's gonna question what you're doing, right? Uh, so it's, it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, I, I can see, I, I can see how they got away with it. Um, but it's still really impressive that they got away with so much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the I things. I think it's funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I think that one of the things that's kind of important to point out is that, uh, or uh, one of the things that I think that I should point out is that uh, it's my understanding that uh, the authorities have not yet released uh, a list of what uh, cards were taken. All we know is the value of the cards that were taken, but we don't know uh, whether it was magic, whether it was, you know, like, uh, uh, I don't think that there's a way that a pallet of Yu-Gi-Oh would be worth 300,000, but, you know, like, so it, whether it was magic, it was Pokemon, <laughs> or uh, I guess yeah. the most expensive one at this point would be Lorcana because uh, uh, they had, like, an event there uh, on... Uh... That is such a stupid... I hate... No, Lorcana sucks. Oh, okay. Well, Lorcana sucks. Uh, but like it, it, it apparently get, had like get a, out of the TCG game. Yeah, Konami get, or not Dis- Konami, Disney. Disney. Yeah, like Disney just like being everywhere. Uh, but like yeah, so uh, it, they did apparently have like a preview event there where where you know they kind of revealed like a bunch of cards and stuff like that. Uh, so it, that might have been it. Uh, but who knows? You know, like I, I kind of feel like Disney stuff would be a lot more heavily guarded than that. Uh, but moving on. Uh, Dota International 2023. What, what do you got to tell us about Dota, Dare? Once, once again, the Dota 2 International is it's that time of the year where it's arguably one of the biggest uh, video game tournaments. I think for the multiple past years, mm. it's had the largest like prize pool in mm. all the video game tournaments. And it's something that, it's something that I watch every year. What's uh, uh, that prize pool looking like this year? Well, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we covered it on an earlier episode a month or so back. They've changed their like modeling plan of how they're going to go about it because it used to be crowdfunded through mm-hmm. uh, compendium through compendium sales. So every time you would pay for a compendium or compendium levels or something, like a portion of that would go into the prize pool. So you'd have like these people over in Asia that would just spend thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars mm. on the compendium and we would have prize pools with like 30 plus million dollars and uh, I think I just had a since they, Joey Wheeler moment but since they're changing that I, I don't know how much Valve's going to put into it I don't know if they're going to do like a community funded thing mm. so but yeah, it's 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 always fun to watch people who are really good at something you like yeah. perform really well at something you like. Absolutely, like uh, it's kind of like the whole thing with the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh worlds. I I love tuning in and watching this stuff, dude, because like it it gives me insight on how a professional does something does things. So even if I can't, you know, like replicate one hundred percent like their thought process, I know that there are things that I can do and get away with because I saw a professional do it and it worked for them. You know, well, it's, it's a learning experience. Yeah, it's a learning experience. You you see how a player plays a certain deck or, or a certain hero or something, and then you say, "Well, I can do that," and you mimic it, and then you win. And yeah, you feel good. M- monkey Dory, see monkey Dory, do you? You're right. And you ruined it. And I ruined it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, if they do have like compendium sales, I'll probably. Go after that again. I, <laughs> I, I I want to further my collection with my replica Aegises. I think I've got like four or five. Yeah, it's really expensive. Cat gave me a ten out of ten on that joke. 
it's the only 10 out of 10 you're going to get for that joke. It makes me feel uh, okie dogie. So, I mean, like. I hate, I hate it here. Yeah, so Dota 2, like I, I remember once before where I actually read an article because like, you know, esports has been on the on the rise for a long time, right? Uh, and I, re- I read an article where they were like, yeah, you know, like uh, there are esports that pay a dumb amount of money for like for like taking home their, their big prizes, right? And I thought whenever I looked at it that League of Legends would be number one because they, they have like a huge competitive scene, right? Uh, so when I found out that it was Dota... Like this was years ago when I found out that it was Dota. Like it, the the first thing that happened is I was surprised because I'd never heard of Dota before. Uh, yeah. and, and you know, like when I looked at it, I was like, "This looks like League of Legends, only with more steps." Uh, so yeah, like it, which it, is what it is. Which is what it is. So it, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, you kind of learn uh, the, uh, about other things going on in the in the in the spheres of interest that you have, and uh, yeah, so I, it was surprising to see that Dota uh, kind of had like that huge thing. Um, well, that's if you ever get the chance, they actually have a documentary on Steam about the first Dota two tournament. Really? Because that bef- before that Dota two tournament. Uh, like video game tournaments were like maybe a couple thousand dollars for a prize pool. Mm-hmm. And Dota 2's first international tournament was like, it, it was a, they said it in the interview that people were like, oh, it's going to be like a 10,000. It's going to be like a 50,000 because Valve was like hyping it up. And everyone was thinking like a, a range of like 50,000 to a hundred thousand dollars is the prize pool. And they were like, yeah, for the, the prize pool is $1.2 million. Yee. And everyone's like jaw hit the floor. And then ever since then, it's been crowdfunded. So it's been like the first international was $1.2 million from Valve's pocket. The second one was like 8 or $9 million. And then it, each year just got more and more and more. With that I big of a price pool, I might be able to afford the operation for my sister's eye surgery. Yug, I, I don't think so because you have to you have to be good, and mm-hmm. I'm going to win so I can save my grandpa. Well, I mean, you don't need the money to save your grandpa, Yug. You just need to whoop Pegasus. Well, yeah, the the, the money's going to help though. How's the money going to help? <laughs> don't ask questions, Joey. <laughs> don't ask. See, uh, this is why you can't win because you ask too many questions. It's important to ask questions. That's why I got like a judge that I call all the time. Judge, he played his uh, his uh, triple tactics talent to draw two cards. I can Nash Blossom that, right? Uh, let's see. So we got a couple of questions in the chat. Uh, Gamma is asking, does Dota have the same level of uh, toxicity as League does? He he said hate, but I think he meant like, you know, is the community as toxic? Uh I was in a game for less than like two minutes before everybody on both teams started calling each other R words. And then the racial slurs followed shortly after. So yeah, it's, it's pretty toxic. Okay. It seems to be kind of like the running thing. Uh, And it's kind of like something that it's been on my mind for a couple of, uh, for, for a little while now that I, I kind of think that, you know, like the, the, the rise of streaming, and this is this is my opinion. I feel like the rise of streaming has created uh, toxic uh, environments in a lot of games that require either teamwork or competition. 
And the reason for that is because, yeah. uh, you know, like now, because the whole world is watching, there's pressure on you to be better than everyone else. And uh, as a result, you know, there are kind of like they're kind of big names out there that, you know, like uh, that if you're not competing to their standard. So basically not, nothing that's uh, played either competitively or, or with with a team it can be played just to have a good time anymore. You have to be doing the best. You have to be the best. Otherwise, why are you even here? Um, and yeah, the, I, I, I agree with you to a point with that. Mm-hmm. I, I think the problem, though, is and it's been a problem for a while is behind a computer screen. Nobody knows who you are or what you look like or where you are. So you have the ability to just say and do whatever you want. You know, and that's like the mindset that people have is, well, I can say whatever I want because it's the internet and people don't know who I am. It, it, it's just the fact that with streamers, they are given a platform that they can be like further exposed as being that toxic person. It, it baffles me that that's exactly where people's mind go whenever like it's like, oh, I, I have complete and total anonymity because even with complete and total anonymity, like my first instinct is be a good guy. <laughs> it, it is like... Uh, I can't, like, you know, like, I, I can't, with good, with good, uh, conscious be that mean, because I feel bad, you know, like, I, I can't do it, and it, it baffles me that there's people out there who are like, oh, nobody knows who I am, I'm gonna be a dick, you know, like, I just can't comprehend that mindset. I, yeah, it's something that's foreign to me as well, because, like, yeah, I get upset, sometimes but i'm never like oh i'm gonna just go and say words that you shouldn't be saying to people yeah exactly right like because you know like i'm like look if i log on to master duel and i lose five games in a row right at that point i'm gonna be pretty tilted but i'm not just gonna like you know it doesn't have a chat function so it's not like i could even if i wanted to but like i'm not gonna like get on there and you know call the other player uh, you know all kinds of words I'm just going to log off. You know, I'm like, hey, not my night. I guess I'm logging off. <laughs> uh, but like, it, it's so weird that there are people out there who are just kind of like, ah, I'm going to call this person's um, this person's mother this and that. And I'm just going to be I'm going to be a dick. <laughs> I, I just that's, that's why you got to go by the best of best of three rule. No, where you yeah, you, you do the best of three rule. You either win two and then stop. Or you lose two and then you stop. Oh, I thought you meant like we need to be a best of three format. I'm like, no, I like best of one. I no, 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 no. So uh, I used to have a problem with Dota where like if I would lose, I would play another game because you can't end on a loss. Mm. And then you would just keep losing because you get more and more tilted. And a guy, there, there's like a fairly popular like professional uh, Dota player who was like, you, you got to play a best of three. And if you lose twice, you stop playing Dota for a while. If you win twice, you stop playing Dota for a while. That way, you don't get tilted. Huh? That's uh, that's actually pretty solid advice. I like that. I I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, like normally, like I don't know. Whenever I'm on Master Duel, I'll 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 keep playing until I've uh, until I've leveled up a rank. You know, uh, which. Come to think about it, you know, like depending on whether you're talking about like climbing out of gold or climbing out of silver or something like that, or whether you're talking about like climbing from gold five to gold four, 
uh, it could fall within that because two wins equals you level up, you know? Uh, so, like, that that's actually pretty solid advice. You know, play two, and if you win two, you, you stop, and if you lose two, you stop. That That's solid, solid advice. I like that. I mean, it, it's worked for me. I've went... I went from being like a 2.8k MMR player to I think I'm in like 4.2k range now. Mm-hmm. So almost about a 2000 jump. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I like it. And you know like it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like hey, you know what like if you if you enter into something with a bad mentality you're going to be stuck in like a bad place, right? So, you know, like if you get tilted and you keep trying, you're just going to keep running into problems. Um, but like, yeah, like if you walk away, you, you kind of like let your mind reset, you know, kind of like come back to it with fresh eyes. You probably do a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, good good yeah. advice. Everybody in, in the chat, you know, like that's that's good advice. Follow, follow, follow that wisdom. That's, that's a free advice for everybody. And that's a free advice from Dare. Uh, and moving on Usually those advices cost like five bucks moving from dota we have a v shoujo announcement yeah they made a very vague like trailer teaser mm-hmm. and you said that it was for uh their first 3d concert candy pop explosion candy pop explosion baby which with some of the talent that they have it should be pretty good like, Kason, uh had a past life in another very prominent organization mm-hmm. that was known for, like, singing. Uh, Iron Mouse is V Sojo still, I believe, and she's a very good singer. I believe she was actually, like, trained as, like, a child to be an opera singer. Neat. And she's, like, really good. Um, BS, I think it's BSP Apricot. Fruit ah. is what she goes by. Fruit's like she she sings like heavy metal with screamo stuff. It, it I like it, but it's like on on personnel. Yeah, yeah. So they, they they've got some really good like talented singers. But now, I think uh, we've I mentioned before know. that uh, you know like a lot of uh, a lot of VTubers actually are multi talented people, and uh, you know like you, I, I personally like you know like one of the one of the more valuable talents, I would imagine, would be singing, uh, because you know, like yeah, that, that's well, if you look at most of them, they're, they're really good at either art or singing yeah. or both of those, and right. then along with that is the VTubing. Yeah, and I'm okay at both of those. <laughs> You're the art, and I guess that means I'm the singing. But yeah, you got to be the singing. That's you. That 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 falls on you now. Yeah, we'll we'll have our own animated concert yeah I'll sing and you'll animate it i, I that, so start getting on them yeah that, that's um let's go start, start sounds extremely stressful start animating right now yeah I, i'm gonna sing nothing but nickelback there's your prompt yeah they never made it as a wise man uh kaiju number eight release date this is how you remind me uh, so we, we got Kaiju number eight, an, uh, a manga series that we've brought up in the past, uh, as finally has a release date announced and it will be releasing on April of next year. It's super good. If you guys have never read Kaiju number eight is fantastic. Uh, I'm actually pretty caught I can't up. Read. You can't read. 
Uh, I'm caught up with the manga right now. I'm excited. If there is one thing that I kind of want to like bring up is that the the character uh, designs for the anime seem to have simplified a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, and it kind of makes the main character look more like a potato. <laughs> That's my opinion. Uh, I obviously you I have something wrong with potatoes. He's very potato shaped. And I get it, you know. You he's, got something? Hate potatoes or something? We we've mentioned in the past that you know what's it called? Uh, that uh, one of the cool things about Kaiju Number Eight is that the main character is not uh, a show, a typical shonen protagonist in that he's not fifteen years old. He's actually like a thirty-something-year-old man, and so like he's a thirty-something-year-old potato. Yes. Yes, and so like the potato shape kind of makes sense. You know, he's got dad bod going on. Uh, but there's there's been kind of like and you know like this is this is me as an artist just kind of like looking at the the way the manga depicts him versus the way that the anime depicts him. I feel like I feel like the model was kind of like weirdly simplified. Like the shape of his head, the shape of his face, the 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 shape of his hair is kind of kind of awkward. Almost kind of like somebody was drawing drawing him as somebody else was describing him. You know. <laughs> Uh, and look he looks like a potato with hair are you saying that because you're looking at it or are you saying that because that's what no i'm that was that was you, no you were you were <laughs> never mind no but i um, brother gamma brings up like that the that the his kaiju form looks pretty demonic in the manga no the kaiju form looks fine i'm talking about his base form uh so like you know like his his human form looks a little it doesn't look bad. It looks different. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Like it, it, it'll, it, it might just look weird because it's a static image and it's the first time that we're seeing him kind of like, oh, well, not the first time, but you know, it's the first time that we're seeing him in an anime version colorized and stuff like that. Uh, all that being said, you know, like, I don't want to be like, hey, this is going to be bad or anything like that. I mean, it's Studio Toho. Studio Toho puts out good anime. So I'm not, I'm not worried that it's going to look bad or anything like that. Um, but um, uh, it may be just the case that it's like, okay, well, we're, we're just seeing like the early versions. Maybe whenever he's in motion and stuff like that, he's going to look a, uh, like a little more faithful to the manga. And maybe I'm just being nitpicky, you know, like because uh, one of the things that I noticed is like, wow, the uniforms look kind of gross in, in this in this camo green. So it, it might just be like it's not to my to my color liking, uh, you know, maybe. Um, th- there's a number of reasons why this might look off to me, but yeah, w- one of the reasons being that he looks like a potato. Yeah, the, and potatoes are bad. Remember that Bard said it, not me. No, potatoes are great. They're a great source of uh, carbohydrates. If 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 you enjoy potatoes, you're part of the potato problem. There's certain vitamins too, if I'm not mistaken. They're actually poisonous if you eat them raw. Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. You got to boil those suckers. Uh, also, like, if they start sprouting buds, throw them away. <laughs> if they started sprouting buds, there's no way to cook them now. They're they're poisonous. So, yeah. You just plant them on the ground at that point, and then you, yeah. you eat the ones that grow. Yeah, you eat the ones that grow, That's right? That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. Circle of life. That's how it works, right? Uh, but uh, go, going up next, and I think this is like the second to last thing that we got to cover today, but Magic the Gathering releases a schedule. I'm so fucking excited for this. They have a Fallout set. 
I want to play EDH with a Brotherhood of Steel deck or a, a set that, uh, like an Enclave deck. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, I don't know about you, but you can just like think of all the different types of cards that because you're gonna have like an equipment card that's a power armor. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have like all the different like they'll probably be like a, a beast deck that has like death claws and all this kind of stuff. Like the legendaries you're going to have probably like brother Maxim and those. it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You spend so much money on it. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's, uh, it's exciting. The universe is beyond being like a really contentious thing. Cause some people were like, Oh yeah. You know, like it's, uh, it's universes beyond. Uh, don't like it. Uh, or like well, the, the recent ones with it being like Doctor Who and I don't the Lord of the Rings one. I'm not like a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I made a couple of the decks and they're fun to play. Hmm. I I've never seen an episode of Doctor Who, I, so I can't really say that I like it or dislike it. But like Fallout is something I've played through all the games, and I'm really excited for. It's in the first quarter of next year too, so it's gonna it's gonna be here soon. Yeah, and they also have an Assassin's Creed one, which which yeah. is weird. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's 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 a little awkward. Um, me personally, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Doctor Who, so like uh, I, I think that the Doctor Who ones look kind of fun. Uh, I still don't know if they fit into Magic: The Gathering, but you know, like Doctor Who's sci-fi. Which advanced enough sci-fi, you can kind of like just dismiss it as magic, you know, like. Yeah, but but can Doctor Who prevent? The... <laughs> I'm gonna be so upset if Liberty Prime is not like a Blightsteel Colossus on crack. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means, but okay. <laughs> so, and I think two of the different Fallout games, there's like a 70 foot tall robot called Liberty Prime mm-hmm. that just spouts anti-communism propaganda while throwing nuclear missiles and shooting a giant death beam out of its eye. Oh, that kind of thing. Yeah, Doctor Who stops that kind of stuff all the time. Uh, it, no, he, he doesn't stop freedom. He has stopped the end of the universe on multiple occasions. I mean, but has he stopped freedom? Well, usually he's fighting for freedom. So, I mean, there's kind of that thing. So, see, he can't stop because Liberty Prime is freedom. Liberty is in its name. With that being said, that is the end for today's stream. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, and thank you for, for checking us out. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. And for the last time, I'm going to delete this part about join us this Sunday for Dare versus Sky in Yu-Gi-Oh! Trivia. Let's just get rid of that. Uh, anyway, uh, with that being said, guys, thank you again for watching. Uh, this has been... Uh, the Midnight Bard, joined by... The Derringer. The Derringer, and uh, adios.